Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are. And whatever part of the day you're in, I sure do appreciate you joining me and giving me a little bit of your time. Hope your day is going smoothly, whether it's getting ready for work or driving to or from work or changing diapers, doing laundry, dishes, whatever it is, folks, I'm very grateful. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, tell others about it, help it to grow, uh, which it's done incredibly over the last couple of weeks, uh, thank you. I'm very humbled by that, that you would tell people about it, and I will try to use your time wisely. And for those of y'all that are over on Patreon, financially supporting the podcast through one of the tiers, uh, thank you also. Sitting by a fire. I don't know if y'all can hear in the background or not. We lost quite a few limbs recently and so burning through some of that it's amazing how poorly green wood burns until you get the fire hot enough one puppy dog on guard behind me and that's about it we're going to talk about the pledge of allegiance today We've gotten away from it in schools, a lot of schools, not some. You'll find some that still say it every single morning. And, and you ought to be really pleased with those schools that do that. Because at least that ties the kids back to history and heritage, even if just a little bit. Going to talk a little bit about the phrase under God and where that came from. Hopefully we get that far. But, well, we'll just go ahead and get started. Two resources, really, all three of them, that I talk about so frequently on this podcast we're going to use today, Patriot's Bible, Founder's Bible, American God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotes. Highly recommend them. Phenomenal resources. We're going to start with a little bit about Eisenhower. I'm going to read a little excerpt out of the Patriot Bible edited by Dr. Lee. A lot of school children, teachers and students do recite the pledge across the country. Uh, congressional sessions open with the pledge, uh, often many public events. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America 
and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. A couple things really leap out at you, right? Republic, we're not a democracy, um, despite what people talk about, what even some of our leaders talk about. We are a republic. We were founded that way purposefully. And the second thing is under God. That's huge. So a little bit about the Pledge of Allegiance. It was created in 1892 uh, to use in public schools in celebration of the 400th anniversary of Columbus discovering the New World. It later became the National Oath of Loyalty to the Country, Motto of Unity, Defense of American Way of Life. And when you recite it, you're supposed to be standing at attention, facing the flag with your right hand over your heart, uh, talking about the military uh, and others. When not in uniform, men are supposed to remove any non-religious headdress with their right hand and hold it at the left shoulder, the hand again being over the heart. People in uniform should remain silent, face the flag, and stand at the position of attention. That's why if you ever notice sometimes people that uh, have been in the military for a long time, when you stand for the national anthem, or the pledge, you'll see them with their legs together and their arms straight down by their sides and at attention. And that's why, because that's how they stood for so long. It was the unofficial pledge until 1942 when Congress included the pledge to the flag in the United States flag code. Title 36. Let's see what else here. A year after receiving this official sanction, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that school children could not be forced to recite the pledge as part of the daily routine. In 1945, the pledge to the flag received its official title as the Pledge of Allegiance. 1954, President Eisenhower approved the words under God in the pledge in order to differentiate the United States specifically from the officially atheist Soviet Union. He said, in this way, we are reaffirming the transcendence of religious faith in America's heritage and future. In this way, we shall constantly strengthen those spiritual weapons, which will forever be our country's most powerful resource in peace and war. A few comments out of this little excerpt here. One, uh, you know, when kids refuse to honor the national anthem or the pledge, you know that it's coming from the adults in their life, parents grandparents, wherever, whoever they're raised by. I mean, you always know that. Uh, and so kind of feel sorry for them up to a certain age. And you can debate about that. You know, at some point they've got to take responsibility for their own actions. But for adults, you know, the idea that when you kneel for the national anthem or uh, or refuse to honor it or 
or the pledge or whatever it is, you know, you're the idea that you're standing up against systemic racism or oppression or, or whatever else it is that you want to pretend like you're standing up against. You're not. Uh, all, all you're doing when you kneel or when you refuse to stand for the pledge or honor the flag is dishonoring the memory of those men and women who have sacrificed so much. And it's not even just the military, folks. Really, primarily, when I say men and women, I'm talking about the men who have given their lives over the centuries. The women, too, but it's mostly men, predominantly. But then the the women home with their families, the kids, the children, the parents, all these people that sacrifice so much for our country that you can't even find it in yourself to honor the flag and the national anthem, regardless of whether you like the current administration or the current political leader. And, and if you really think that America is so evil historically, and I'm not, I'm never going to pretend that America is perfect ever. But if you really want to pretend that, that America is so systemically evil, then if you really believed that, then you'd have the courage to leave. And, uh, and I've already heard the argument, well, some people can't leave. No, that's not true. Absolutely. If you really wanted to leave, you could leave. Just like if, you know, those people that say, well, I just don't have the time to spend with God, or I don't have the time to work on my marriage, or I don't know how to, I don't know where to start in my relationship with God, or I don't, I don't even know where to start trying to heal my marriage. That's not true. That's, that's absolutely not true. That's just a cowardly excuse to try and make yourself feel better. And so if you really want to leave America, if you really hate America that much, there's ways. So this idea, and I, I doubt seriously, I, I know there's a few of y'all that are probably getting offended right now because I get some comments pretty frequently. And as the podcast grows, I'm going to continue to get more. But whoever, if you are listening and, and you're one of those that likes to pretend that, that kneeling or ignoring the national anthem or the pledge that we've been talking about is somehow honorable it's not <laughs> and and the really the great one of the just the great comments here in this little excerpt is the comparison the reason that eisenhower wanted to pass this right to make sure that we clearly delineated between us and the officially atheist Soviet Union. Rejection of God leads to communism and socialism. America was founded on the principles of Christ. There is a distinct difference in those two ways of life. And the left is taking us down this socialist, communist, Nazi, fascist path, godless path, 
And it's the same, folks. It's the same. It's just different shades. And Eisenhower knew that. He talked about it. And that's, that's one of the main reasons why under God is in the pledge. To make sure that everybody knows, hey, we're not, we're, we're radically different than these socialist communist countries. But because we've allowed God to be kicked out of our public life and institutions completely immorally, by the way, the Supreme Court had absolutely no right to rule, to kick God out of our national life. Just because somebody with a black robe and a number of letters before their name or degrees or whatever, that doesn't make them right, folks. And separation of church and state in 47 was absolutely an immoral decision. You know, the interesting thing here is uh, the, the part about not being able to force kids to recite the pledge. Absolutely. 100%. And, and that goes, if you want to kneel for the national anthem or turn your back during the pledge, right, you have that right. Minus serving in the military. You, I mean, you absolutely, even in the military, you have that right. There's going to be consequences, though. But as a private citizen, absolutely. I, I can't tell you how much I'm going to stand against you. But you have that right. Which, which is really, I, I didn't intend to go down this path, folks, but that's a perfect example of how freedom of religion and the separation of church and state argument, which just, by the way, is nowhere in the Constitution or Declaration, just throw that out every time, are two separate issues. An individual's freedom of religious choice to worship God or worship no God or worship a fake God, whatever, that doesn't have anything to do with us being a Christian republic and having the requirement publicly and privately to follow the principles of Christ. If you want to come live in America, our system, as John Adams said, was our constitution, our government was based on a moral and religious people. And he was talking about Christianity, folks. He wasn't talking about anybody else, any other religion, the principles of Christ. It's wholly inadequate for any other group. So if you want to come here, if you want to live here, then you, you follow those principles, just like you do in any other country. You go and live in that other country. You abide by their laws. You, you, know, you, you do what you can to strengthen their heritage and their history. Now, in your personal life, you don't believe in God? Fine. You want to act this way in your personal life? Fine. But as a country, as a nation... We have a responsibility in order to, to protect the future. There's a great, let me find this quote real quick because it ties in with, with this comment. And that is Peter Marshall's quote in, as U.S. Senate chaplain. America's future depends upon her accepting and demonstrating God's government. That's the only way we're strong. That's the only way. A couple more little notes 
the uh, the actual law is Congressional Act Joint Resolution 243, which added the phrase under God to the Pledge of Allegiance in 1954. And really that last line in his commentary that our spiritual weapons are forever our country's most powerful resources in peace and war. Prayer, our relationship to God, is far more important than the weapons that we create. Nothing else has sustained us through our history, protected us, guided us like our relationship with God. Nothing else. Nothing else even comes remotely close. And and Eisenhower, right, one of our greatest wartime leaders in World War II, arguably the worst war in the history of the world, noted this. He knew this. He knew it was more important than carriers or destroyers or battleships or nuclear weapons. It was our relationship to God. You know, you want to fix whatever it is in your life that's going wrong. There is no better place to start and really, well, to start than prayer. There's other ways to improve your life, certainly. There's a number of ways, a number of, you know, if you're overweight, you can you can absolutely pick one diet or the other or whatever it is. But there's no better place to start than prayer, than that relationship with God. Because it gives you strength when you don't have strength to do what you're supposed to do when you don't feel like you can do what you're supposed to do. I've heard a, a Navy SEAL recently talk about it as discipline. And, and there's going to be days when you feel like you cannot go one step further. And that discipline that they're talking about, you know, if you can find it within yourself, they talk about that so often. I've actually heard a couple Navy SEALs recently talking about this. You find that discipline within yourself. And that works for a while. But at some point, you've got to have a source for that discipline outside of yourself. it's There's got to be something bigger, greater than you folks to make you love your husband or wife when you don't feel like it, to make you parent your kids correctly when everybody else is going a different way, to make you be that outcast, not because it's the cool thing, to really be that outcast in whatever facet of your life, business, Marriage, kids, parental relationship, government, you know, your how you vote, everything else. There's got to be something bigger than you. Otherwise, you'll crack. You might last for a little while. You might even last for a long while. But eventually, you'll crack. And that's the problem that we're at today in America, is we've rejected God for so long, kicked him out of everything public that we're cracking. There's a reason we put under God in our pledge. And if we get a chance, we're going to go back. It actually goes back to Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. It's a really phenomenal tie 
Uh, and if we can, we'll come back to it. But just the commentary. Remember Eisenhower's quote about our greatest weapon in peace and war is that spiritual relationship with God. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.